Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. I am Yahweh who has brought you out of bondage. I am Yahweh, the same words that are spoken all throughout of Exodus. I am is the same word that is spoken to strengthen the people of God and to challenge Pharaoh. I am is bigger than your government. I am is bigger than whatever situation you've been put in. I am is bigger than your circumstances. I am is bigger than your haters. I am is the one who was there the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I am is there who's there from the beginning and will be there from the end for the time that is ours to share together I want to talk a little bit about an everlasting reminder an everlasting reminder. Every time I turn on my computer, I get some pop-ups. I get some reminders of software I need to update or software I need to register. It's a couple of them on my computer right now. Uh, you haven't backed up your computer in XYZ number of days. Uh, it's time to upgrade this software that allows PCs and Macs to talk together. Uh, it's time to upgrade your operating system. Mm -hmm. uh, these are constant reminders uh, to keep my computer operating at what some people would say peak performance. But because I like to dig into how software actually works, and I'm a little bit of a techie, Every now and then, I won't update my software because I realize the older version is what I need. And sometimes that new version they putting out, they ain't worked out all the bugs yet. And so they have this old software that's there. And sometimes I don't upgrade because I know something I use a whole lot will not work if I upgrade. Uh, classic example, I used to edit video for a living. And they had Final Cut Pro 7. And I loved Final Cut Pro 7. I made a little bit of money editing on Final Cut Pro 7. I would edit church services and shoot uh, churches video announcements and, and if someone had a wedding you know my wife and I would go out there and you could get a, a, a multi-camera shoot wedding and everything edited I'd do all kind of effects on it I'd make the bride be in color walking down the aisle while the rest of the church was in black and white I could spend some time on Final Cut Pro 7 somebody decided that they needed to upgrade Final Cut to Final Cut X. But Final Cut X would not allow me to edit multiple cameras at the same time. One of the churches I was working for had a TV show. And that TV station still took its TV shows on tape. Final Cut Pro X would not allow me to export it to tape. So I can't multicam edit. I can't export to tape. I can't hook my computer up to a broadcast quality monitor to see the actual details of what was going on with what I'm editing. So to me, Final Cut Pro X was just 
something for the people that edit every now and then. It wasn't a professional tool. So I still have not upgraded to Final Cut Pro X. I have not upgraded to the latest operating system software because I know that this new operating system software will not allow me to use Final Cut Pro 7 anymore. So sometimes the constant reminder to come out with something new, sometimes the constant reminder to upgrade and get to the latest and greatest is not a good thing because what you had was already working well enough. And it turns out that God gave the Israelites such a reminder. And this one was not easy to ignore. It was not easy to ignore because God gave the the word down himself and wrote it on some tablets. And these tablets, they had to carry around in a golden box that they called the Ark of the Covenant. Everywhere they went. They had to carry this reminder of what they were supposed to do. Uh, The the passage that was read in your hearing is often referred to as the Ten Commandments. Uh, Courthouses and other uh, buildings will like to put a a statue erecting a a memory of of the Ten Commandments. And, and, And these Ten Commandments were keeping the people of God during this time upgraded about God's will. Uh, This was supposed to make the people stop and think before they committed something catastrophically bad. Uh, Now, granted, sometimes you can have a reminder of what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to not do on a regular basis. And sometimes you will still do what you are not supposed to do. But at least you have a a reminder there. Uh, a, a, a base operating system, if you were, of, of software that you can reboot sometimes and get everything going over and over again and go back to the basics. I used to work in IT. And I would come into rooms and something would be broken. What's going on? The projector's not working. What's going on? I can't get any sound out of the system. What's going on? The touch panel is broken. Nine times out of ten, all I needed to do was reboot whatever was broken and it would be working just fine. Sound system's not working, reboot the digital signal process or a DSP for short. It's working again. The projector's not turning off and on again. Pull the plug out and wait 30 seconds and then put the plug back in and it will work once again. All that was going on is is the machine was basically going through the same routine over and over again and going through that same routine over and over again got everything clogged up. And it was no longer working the way it was supposed to do. And so when you unplugged it and plugged it back in, it went back to the basics. Uh, And when we download different softwares to our computer, we usually need to agree to some sort of lengthy user agreement. But who actually reads those? Just, just uh, show of hands. Who read? No, I'll keep your hands down. That's fine. I don't. We, we know that people don't read these things. 
we, we, we don't read them because sometimes they're so long and, and got a lot of legal, legal jargon, mumbo-jumbo, whereas the, this person here in heretofore defined as user does this, this, and that, but we, we, we don't read as much as we should. I worked in retail before I got to college. And one thing I noticed about some of these retail establishments is they have agreements on the back of the receipt telling you what they're going to do and what they won't do. And by you taking that receipt, you have, you have agreed to what's going on. Sometimes we ought to be able to read. And, and, and because you are saying that when you are coming into this agreement with whatever it is you have purchased, you are willing to abide by the covenant contained therein, which includes getting some reminders here and there about what you're supposed to be doing and not doing. You are agreeing to follow some rules, whether or not you want to read them or not, you have agreed to that. Amen. So wouldn't it benefit us to read? One of my mentors was talking to a, a successful business owner one time, and, and, and he wanted some secrets to his success, because success leaves clues. And, and the man said he'd made many millions and hundreds of millions of dollars over, and he said, I'm not any more special than the next person. All I do is read. And then I interpret what I read, and then I act on what I read. And because some of us avoid reading, we miss out. Amen. And just like the software company is wanting to make sure that we, that we are using their product correctly and, and, and getting the, the, the compensation that they deserve and making sure that the product that you have purchased from them is operating uh, at peak performance, there is an agreement that has been given to us. To make sure that we are taking care of something that has been given to us. Uh, these bodies are not our own. Know that your body is a temple. Understand that we are just dust. And there are things that have been put in place. This life is not our own. We are living our lives. Uh, let me put some Bible to it. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. It is not I who lives but the Christ who lives in me. We have agreed that these things are not our own. And since we are taking care of something that is not our own. We got to give it back in a better situation and we found it at least. Amen. Ah, and so we, we have this constant reminder, the Ten Commandments, big old theological word that they teach us in that seminary institution, the Decalogue is, is what was coming on. And the first commandment is more than just an instruction. It is, it is to let us know who God is and what is going on. There is so much that can be unpacked in the Decalogue that I'd have to teach probably uh, three or four months plus Bible study to cover everything. So understand, if I don't unpack everyone today, I didn't do it on purpose. But, but the first commandment is this instruction, and, and, and it's to let us know that we are only to worship Yahweh. It encapsulates, encapsulates sorry, the covenant theology with regard to the relationship between Yahweh and the nation of the people of God. And, and they, one would ask, why should we worship Yahweh instead of worshiping other gods? Why shouldn't we worship these other gods as well? And to this, the first commandment gives this bedrock answer. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. 
bondage, slavery to make it plain. This is the God who brought your people out of slavery and you should have no other gods before me. In other words, the nations that worship Yahweh is based on the fact that Yahweh is the God who saved them. Yahweh and no other one has performed mighty acts on their behalf. Yahweh and no one else has performed mighty acts for them in the past. Yahweh and no one else has gotten them out of bondage and because he has gotten them out of bondage and given them given them a hope and a future no other God can do for Israel what Yahweh has done I am Yahweh who has brought you out of bondage I am Yahweh the same words that are spoken all throughout of Exodus I am is the same word that is spoken to strengthen the people of God and to challenge Pharaoh I am is bigger than your government I am is bigger than whatever situation you've been put in I am is bigger than your circumstances I am is bigger than your haters I am is the one who was there the same yesterday today and forevermore I is there who's there from the beginning and will be there from the end that is why you are supposed to worship the only God I got some Bible for that if you don't like it in Exodus Revelation says I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end says the Lord God who is the same yesterday or who the one who was and is and is to come the Almighty I am the God, the Lord God that brought you out of bondage and because he's the one that brought them out of bondage and because he's the one that's going to be there in the end, we are only to worship him. Amen. Uh, and, 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 and notice that it says in, 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 in the, the no other gods before me. Might not like the language here, but it says I am the Lord God, your God who brought you out of Egypt. And then it says you are to have no other gods before me. Uh, but there are some things that people were worshiping during that time that were not Yahweh. Some things that were not the creator of the universe. There were other gods, lowercase g, going around that other people were worshiping. A matter of fact, during these times, those people of the people that we are calling the people of God, the people that are in the, the, the Bible, the, the people from the nation of Israel were considered atheists to some of the other people because they weren't worshiping those gods. So there were other gods around. And God was saying to in the, in the commandment not to have any other gods before me. Uh, there were other things that we worship even today. There are other influences out there. There are other things that we are giving our time, our talent, and our treasure. There are other things that we are putting on a pedestal either equal to or greater than the, the pedestal that we are putting God on. So it ain't just about having a, a, a worshiping in the right religion. Where is your heart? Uh, and so there are influences out there, but we are not to get caught up in them as believers. The command requires the people to mobilize everything that is going on in their lives around the most important thing. They are insisting that these other gods, lowercase g, don't get any loyalty or allegiance. A uh, more accurate translation of before me would be before my face. Uh, and face would be used in context when you get into the, the, the ancient biblical language is meant to mean sanctuary or altar or in my presence. 
the text often says thou shall not, but, but a better formulation would read there will not be to you. So there will not be to you any other gods before my face. There will not be to you any other gods in my presence. There will not be to you anything between you and God. So there will not be to you any other gods in my presence. We are not to have any other gods before him because he's the one who did everything for us. Uh, the point of the second commandment is done to, uh, the point of the next commandment when it says you should not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven or above and in the earth is to understand that there are created things. And we cannot sit here and try to worship the created thing more than we worship the creator. Worship services are created things. Not this church. But I've seen other churches almost go to blows over images and icons and things that they wanted to be placed in certain places. You can't you had they wanted a certain kind of statue sitting in a certain kind of place. They wanted a certain kind of picture sitting on a certain wall and they were willing to fight over that more than they were willing to go to a Bible study. All right. Amen. They were willing to fight over images of God that actually oh, taking care of the widows and the orphan and feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and binding up the wounds of the afflicted. We got concerned about the image because we figured if we could get this image all looking spiffy, people wouldn't realize that we were broken on the inside. Amen. Amen. Come on, Pastor, and so this thing, this, this idol is more properly rendered to the word image because these are idol. We have started to idolize things that we are created because we made them to represent God and we started worshiping the representation of God more than we worship God. Amen. Amen. That's it. Yes. If we want to worship God, we are to keep God's commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Ah, and so the thing is, is you cannot put the creator of the universe, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who's everlasting, the everlasting, the father of all, the, the prince of peace, that you can't put the alpha and the omega into some controllable, visible object. You know the problem I have sometimes when I get into debates with, with, with uh, those who don't believe and they, they want to talk about why they don't believe there is a God and they usually come around theodicy and these bad things that are happening and they want to know why God would allow such bad things and if God allowed these bad things to happen then he's not all good or he is not all powerful. That The problem I have with that argument is that you are putting God into your own image. And that which you can control, that's what you can tell what to do, that which you can make do whatever you want to do, by very definition, is not God. Okay. Amen. My interactions with day-to-day -day people, people don't do everything I want. I can't say they don't exist because they didn't do what I want. But for some odd reason, when God don't do what we want, some people say it's okay to say that God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. We get caught up in these images. Yes. 
and we worship the image more than we do the creator. Uh, and it goes on to say, uh, 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 when it talks about not bowing down or serving them, we cannot allow these things to have our worship. We can't get so caught up in them that we forget our true purpose. And then it goes on to talk about taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. Uh, it's basically warning us of the frivolous use of God's name. Uh, sometimes in making oaths, and promises, and, and this is based on the view that uh, when the oath is pronounced, if, if you are invoking God in said oath, that means God was there. And in effect, the the effect and the penalties of the oath that you are taking, uh, God makes real, and die. And the consequences there are consequences for those who do not take it seriously. Uh, this is this is more than just cussing. When we talk about not taking the name of God in vain, this is more than about just cussing. It's about hypocrisy. Amen. It's about invoking something where it does not need to be. It's about taking things that are not holy and trying to put God into them. Uh, we, we are bad about invoking God in things that God didn't have anything to do with. We did it ourselves. Yes. And so when we take in God's name in vain, we are invoking him in things that do not, are, are not holy and do not involve God. Uh, yeah, so we should not take the Lord's name in vain. It's about the public use of it in context and these scenarios can bring ill repute publicly the issue is about language and operation it's more than just we can't say those certain cuss words when when we stub our toe when we talk about taking up the name of something in the bible when you are operating in the name of something you are carrying its reputation with you So we cannot just frivolously use the name. We cannot just invoke God in things that are not holy. Amen. Uh, and then this, this next command tells us to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Uh, this command requires active participation. We are to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Just like we say, remember your baptism and keep it holy. Just like we say, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. You have to take action when they are saying to remember something. So remember the Sabbath day. Remember it and keep it holy. The Lord rested. Why can't we? Ah. We ought to be willing to rest. And as my boss would say time and time again on some of these things, it's not life and death. It's not life and death. We need rest. We're not designed to run 24-7, 365. You no good if you're doing it that way anyway. We need to rest, and then we need to honor our father and mother. I'm reminded of Ephesians 6 and uh, 2 through 3, where it says, Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with a promise that it will be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, honor your father and mother so that you will live long. I mean, if you don't honor your father and mother, you're probably not going to live long anyway. <laughs> but it's the first commandment with the promise. And in the Hebrew, the honor, it means to, have, to be heavy, uh, to give weight. Another translation is to treat lightly. So no matter what it is, when you honor your father and your mother, it's not just talking, obey everything they say, but treat them with some seriousness. Treat what they have to say with respect. You can't just pick up something heavy. When something's got some weight on it, it's a little struggle to pick it up. You got to pay attention to what you're doing. And when you got to treat something lightly, it's delicate. You might break it real easy. So you got to pay attention to what you're doing. And so I think about that when I see honor your father and your mother because we got to treat this situation with seriousness. It's heavy. And up until this point, uh, uh, the commandments have been focusing on how one is to worship God. And now the rest of them turn and relate to others and how we relate with community. That's why I like the symbol of a cross. Uh, everything I hear about when, when I think about it, uh, it, it boils back down to relationship. And, and, and relationship, like when you look at the cross, it's got a vertical uh, line. And that's, you know, how we relate to God. But not only does it have a vertical line, it has a horizontal line. So it's not just about relating to God, it's relating to other people as well. Uh, when they say, I got some more Bible for that around Matthew 22, they ask, teacher, they talking to Jesus, which of the commandments are the greatest? You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And a second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and all the prophets. So even in, in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, when we look at Exodus, first we talk about how you're supposed to deal with God. Now we're going to talk about how you're supposed to deal with people. Our elders are to be honored. Uh, murder, adultery, theft, false witness, and greed are to be abolished. One should remember, however, with regard uh, to adultery, It take two people. Amen. Amen. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thou shalt not kill is as plain as it gets. And thou shalt not steal. If it ain't yours, don't take it. Folks will be wondering sometimes when you see something just laying out there, is this a blessing or a test? (laughs) If it ain't yours, don't take it. And the coveting, the internal is about the, I mean, the coveting commandment is about the internal as well as the external. Uh, Coveting your neighbor's house Uh, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's male servant or female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that that is about your neighbor and and also bearing false witness against your neighbor. Those things are internal as well as external. Because if you're willing to lie on your neighbor Uh or if you're willing to covet something that your neighbor wants, that says something about you 
as well as what you're not supposed to be doing. And you really don't want what your neighbor has. It may look like you want what your neighbor has, but you don't know what they had to get go through to get that. They say that the grass is always greener on the other side. Well, the grass is greener on the other side because it's had to put up with a little more fertilizer. Oh, that's a good We can't sit there and want these things. And adage I'm reminded of constantly is that the people sit and they, they spend money they don't have yes. to buy things they don't need yes. to impress people that don't like them anyway. You spend all of this time desiring what somebody else has, but you don't know what's going on. Just because they came in today and said, how you doing, blessed and highly favored, you don't know what happened in the car on the way to church. You don't know what happened when they woke up in the morning. You don't know what kind of bills are sitting in their mailbox. You can't sit here and ask for all these things, because if you ask for all these things, you're going to have a bill to come with it. You can't covet your neighbor's stuff. I was at a an event with a bunch of other pastors and you know we, we Methodist pastors we get moved around and I was at the, an event some time ago and, and the pastors was all getting together and talking and, and one of the pastors was eyeing the pastor's office that we was at you know his, his office got, got a bathroom in it my office got a bathroom in it but his office got a shower and a closet in it too his office got a flat screen TV in it with cable well, just to watch the news, though, just the news. Um, his office got a flat screen TV in it with a cable and a DVD player and a refrigerator and all this stuff. And he's got a nice, nice big building and a, and a nice size church. And we're pretty sure that this pastor get a nice size salary. And the pastor, the other pastor that came to visit was looking at it and was like, ooh, this nice. I, I want to come here one time. You know, may, maybe one day I can get appointed to this church. And the pastor that was there whose church we were visiting said, well, you can, you can get appointed here. And you can have all this. Uh-oh. But it's going to come with some extra stuff that you probably didn't b- bargain on getting. <laughs> so we ought to be happy with where we're at. Yes, now, I ain't saying you ain't trying to better yourself and, and get the education that you want or get the kind of job that you want, but sitting out there desiring somebody else's stuff just because they have it is not healthy. And so we have these commandments. We have these reminders. We have these pop-ups that are to tell us what we need to be reminded of going forward when we are facing temptation. God puts these commandments in place for our benefit and the benefit for the community of faith. We need to heed them. We need to respond to this update. We need to be able to get back to some of the basics because this is the kind of upgrades that we need. And even if we can't get all of these upgrades, we focus in on 10 commandments, which are a, part, a bigger part of, 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 of 613 laws, 365 of them, which were negative. We are focusing on these things, but we have to be reminded of these things that even though we may not be able to hit them all, that that, that we still have to keep trying. 
And we keep trying, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad that these things were reminded, but I also understand when I flip through the history that these commandments came from Moses, and then Aaron and, and Joshua came down, and all of these different prophets came through trying to help these people follow all these rules. And then old Jesus came down and told us, basically it boils down to this, love God and love people. And so if you ain't able to handle those updates, they sent another update through 42 generations uh, and, and that, that update came through those 42 generations who was born in a manger in Bethlehem and was from Galilee and they called him Jesus of Nazareth and you can't, if you can't handle these updates understand that there was somebody that was born of a virgin yeah. suffered under Pontius Pilate crucified dead and buried yeah. he descended to the dead and on the third day he rose again with all power in his hand and he will come back to judge the living and the dead so if you can't handle all this at least handle that that Jesus Christ died for your sins and because Jesus Christ died for your sins you have access and you don't have to worry about death, hell and the grave so if you can't follow that update you still need to be able to handle this update because this update will be forced to you from above and it will be there for you to accept in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.